to be surrounded by such passionate people who love what they do is a real, real gift. Oh, yeah. Let's peek inside the mind of a boomer. This is Boomer Randomness, a podcast dedicated to the baby boom generation with random observations about boomer life from boomers, including topics like music, movies, memories, marriage and divorce, retirement, bucket lists, kids and grandkids, travel, medical crap that old people talk about, and a whole lot more. Here is your boomer host, Bernie Lucas. Welcome to the first episode of season three of my Boomer Randomness podcast. I'm very excited about my guests in this segment. We'll get to them in a minute. In this season, I'll dive into some new topics like boomer dating, boomer men's fascination with muscle cars, boomer age immigrants who have made a great life in the U.S., and some history notes relating to specific years of our youth. I'll also revisit and expand on a few earlier episodes and topics. First, a quick review of boomers. People born between 1946 and 1964 are boomers, currently ages 59 to 77. It's a demographer designation based on the post-World War II boom in births, baby boom. There are more than 70 million of us in the United States. According to Statista.com, boomers are just over 21% of the American population. Gen X, that's 1965 to 1980, and Gen Z, 1997 to 2012, are around 20%. And millennials, 1981 to 1996, are a tiny bit ahead of boomers with 21.75%. But SeniorLiving.com puts the boomers at 28%. Take your pick. I'll pick that one. A boomer report from three years ago claims that boomers hold over 50% of the U.S. wealth compared with millennials who hold just under 5%. An article from Visa says boomers account for more than half of all U.S. spending. So if uh, you're advertising to boomers, keep that in mind. If you're selling ads to people advertising to boomers, keep that statistic in mind, too. Different sources make different claims, and some of the data is dated. But as I said in the very first episode, boomers still rule the world. Younger generations, deal with it. Fellow boomers, our children and grandchildren will be taking over one day. Deal with it. One more statistic. According to Pew Research, nearly 29 million people retired in 2020, and 75 million will retire by 2030. That means... Retirement's a hot topic among boomers. Older boomers might already be retired. Younger boomers might likely be dreaming about retirement and hopefully planning for it. Which brings us to my guests in this segment. Dudley Connell and Sally Love Connell, who are both retired from very interesting careers and both have pursued a music passion during their working years and now in retirement. And both have some celebrity experience. By the way, I'm calling I'm calling this episode Bugs and Bluegrass. There you go. I love <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Um, I don't always name the episodes, but I mean I try to, you know, try to get a catchy title or something. I um, think that's appropriate yeah. actually. Sally, you retired was it last year, I think? January 1st of 2023. <laughs> yes. A date that will live in infamy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, tell us about the job you had. Well, I was um, 
an exhibit developer at the Smithsonian Natural History Museum. I started out as um, a manager director of the um, the insect zoo at the Natural History Museum. So I was that was the bug lady yeah. for a long time, and I did that for quite a long time. And I oversaw the completion of the revised, revamped, renovated insect zoo, raised the money, and you know, sort of drove the the design and the message and 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 all of that. And it has been an amazing journey. The people that I work with were passionate about what they did. They'll, they'll work there until they die, which is, you know, it, they're, they're just, to be surrounded by such passionate people who love what they do is a real, real gift. Oh, yeah. Now, the bug lady thing, a little side part of, of what you did with Smithsonian was appearances on some TV shows as the bug lady. I'm thinking specifically uh, David Letterman, but mm-hmm. maybe even Johnny Carson. Carson, I did. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. I did. First, I did the David Letterman show. They knew that I was um, in New York City with my bugs, and they said, come on up. What, what started all of this was I was trying to raise money to do the renovation of the exhibit because it was a very tired exhibit that had been thrown together as just a bunch of, of, of uh, cases with bugs thrown in. The, the text was borrowed from a Time Life book on insects and just sort of plopped on the wall. <laughs> but, you know, we needed a, a new insect zoo. So in order to raise money, we needed exposure. And I had heard of this cockroach contest, <laughs> <laughs> a national cockroach contest. Oh, boy. And I, I reached out to the winner and I said, how would you like to have your winning cockroach exhibited at the Natural History Museum at the Smithsonian. And they said, sure. So I had them come up from Texas. Of course, it was from Texas. And I sent out a media alert. I was doing everything all by myself at that point. This was a long time ago. I sent out a media alert. It was August. Congress was out of session. It was, there was nothing going on in Washington at that day. And I walked into the exhibit, and it was like a presidential press conference. There were so many microphones, <laughs> <laughs> like faces, like oh my god! So we did the the, the, the little celebration, and you know the, the 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 gift, and here's the cockroach, and we had an exhibit for it, <laughs> and it made the AP and all the wire news, yeah. and it hit throughout the country. And it's like okay, we let's build on this momentum, and start you know really raising funds because we we need money yeah. to do this money is hard to come by for exhibits sometimes yeah. like most of the time yeah and um and that's why we sort of upped our exposure the letterman people saw us they said come on come on to the show i brought my little bag and you know we we had a great time. Yeah. We had a real good time. And then the Carson people saw that and they said, Oh, Sally, how would you like to come out to, to Los Angeles? I said, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fine. And I did that and that went over really, really well until I got back and the, the Letterman people called and they said, You know, you can't do both. Uh. You, got, you have to choose one or the other. I said, Okay, I can be in New York. Tape it at 5.30, be back at home by 10.30, 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's me. Yeah. And 
So that's how we got that relationship. Yeah. The one I was, uh, I was watching, because some of these are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want everybody to know that, but they are. <laughs> Dudley would certainly tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was looking one up recently, or well, a couple of days ago, and uh, I, the one I saw was from 1987. It was mm-hmm. with, with uh, Letterman. And you were um, you were keeping up with him. I mean, you had some lines yeah. that were better than his. Oh, well, thank you. That's very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to sort of like mentally think of him as like a bratty older brother. Uh-huh. And it's just like, you know, because it's like I'm scared to death. <laughs> just terrified. I'm out there. I, it's like I am shy. I've got to overcome this somehow. But, you know, just think of him as a brat. Yeah. And, yeah. and he is. Oh, He's yeah. a brat. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he had fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looked good. You know, mm-hmm. it was the one with the, the leaf oh, thing on his Yeah. Lapel. And that made their, their anniversary show, that, that clip. Oh, I had to okay. like sign a release to have him yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like yeah. he wanted to make a salad out of my leaf insect. Like, yeah, no. right, right. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. Right, okay. People come and visit and look at the insects? Yeah, sometimes they touch them. Touch them? And we're going to try and get you to do some of that Oh, I'd be happy to. Okay. All right, now that... Oh, geez, I thought that was a leaf. That's exactly what you're supposed to think. Yeah. This is a leaf insect. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Very scientific name. And you made that, right? Yeah. Dudley, you retired this year, last year? I retired the same day Sally did. Okay, yep. perfect. Yeah. Yep. That's what that's what couples should do. They yep. retire together, yes. And, and what I, was your job? My job was for the National Council for the Traditional Arts. Excuse me. I can't say that. I don't know. <laughs> for the traditional arts. There, there we go. go. Yeah. And they are an arts organization that was formed in nineteen thirty-eight. And what they do is they produce tours, festivals all over the world. And I was their archivist. Audio archivist. I didn't yeah. mess with photos and documents and things like that. But I, I, I went to work for them in 2001, and I came into a room full of reel-to-reel DAT and cassette tapes that of recordings that had been recorded since 1938, and they seriously started documenting their festivals and tours. And probably 1974. So I had over 5,000 hours of audio that the Library of Congress wanted. And the only way that they would let the Library of Congress have it, the director at the time was this fellow named Joe Wilson. The only way that he would let the original recordings go to the Library of Congress is if we digitized them ourselves. In other words, I was an, I was like an independent contractor for the library. Right. And and it was and it was it was really interesting. He he told me the story why he had such a hard nose edge against the library because he said that originally they given him a pallet full of of reel-to-reel tapes and they went back to the library like 7 years later, 8 years later. And they were still in the same place on the same pallet. Yeah. He said he, he picked up a stuff and he took it back to Silver Spray. He said, I'm never going to give you this stuff because you're not going to do anything with it. So he insisted that it be done in-house, the actual tr- digitization. And that's how, how I ended up over there. And yeah. I was there for 20, 21 years. Wow. Now, you have some familiarity with celebrity also because parallel to your time working and and now in your retirement uh you're kind of in a well-known band 
Well, <laughs> thank you. I'd like to think that I am. Yeah. Yeah, I've been with the seldom seen bluegrass band out of Washington, D.C. since 1995. Wait a minute. Did I hear you say you're going far away again? And before that, I started a band in 1974 called the Johnson Mountain Boys, and we we toured for 10, 12 years. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're in the, the Bluegrass Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hear the blessed band. And when no chilly winds of death ever blow, it is springtime forever there. Dudley, you are the only person I know that has your own Wikipedia page. You didn't even know it. <laughs> I, did, I did not know it till this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but I looked it up, and among other things, you won the 2000 International Bluegrass Music Awards for male vocalist of the year in uh, and then in September 2020 inducted into the International Bluegrass Hall of Fame with the Johnson Mountain Boys. Yep. So yeah, I'm real proud of that. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny, you know, we started that band because we were passionate about about the music and the idea of ever making a living at it was <laughs> just beyond my range of comprehension. And um but we did, you know, and in like 1980, I quit my day job. I was working for Montgomery County Public Schools in the maintenance heavy. The actual title was the heavy equipment division. We did things like plow snow and put up fences and sidewalk, put down sidewalks and things like that. Oh. I, I don't, <laughs> you know what? I love that job. And, and, you know, and it's funny when I think back about it now is that, you know, I'd I had no experience in that world at all, and I didn't. I didn't even know how to drive a standard transmission, and I learned how to drive a standard transmission for well, actually, it's five speed in a dump truck. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I, I still can do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, in a car now. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is the Boomer Randomness Podcast. I'm Bernie Lucas talking with Dudley Connell and Sally Love Connell, retirees with ongoing music passions. And, and Sally, you are also in a band. Are they still? Are you still? Uh, the, I'm thinking the um, uh, Blue Moon Cowgirls. Um, I don't know if if it's still around or if we're on hiatus. Okay, but <laughs> they haven't told you yet. <laughs> There's something it's I saw. A secret, on, yes. Yeah, I saw something on uh, on the internet that said welcoming our newest member. So whatever year that was, that, that you was joined a, them. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that that had started a, a, a while ago, and they've gone through. I was their 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 third replacement <laughs> part. Yeah, um, and it was fun. I, I love singing with women, and I love harmony. I really do. And then singing harmony with with, uh, two very talented women was was a real blast. Yeah. And you sing harmony with Dudley because during the COVID, you guys were posting song duets online. Yeah. It it, it really gave us something to do. And, (laughs) you know, we'd work stuff up and and try to record it. And, you know, we didn't have this kind of a setup. But, uh, (laughs) you know, something I remember about that is it was, you know, I, I guess... Being a professional musician for 45 years, there's something about the interaction with an audience mm-hmm. that just really floats my bobber. You know? yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Right. But it, it was, a, you know, the band didn't play for about a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. 
and it gave me an outlet with Sally, of course, mm, yeah. you know, to perform. And we would post these things to social media and then see what people thought of them. Uh-huh. And it was almost like applause. Yeah, I kind of looked at it as like, okay, let's perform this and see if people like it, and and yeah. they and it gave us it gave us a sense of purpose, yeah. and also you stroked my fragile ego. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we tried a bunch of different kinds of things, yeah. like a little Tennessee Ernie Ford and. Yeah. And and Frank Sinatra. And One of my favorites was uh, Rolling Stones as Tears Go By. I oh, love that song. Yeah. You guys do such good harmony on yeah. that. That was actually a request from Ken Irwin from Rounder Records because he he saw that we were we were you know getting into this uh-huh. and he said hey you guys know Tears Go By but uh, we didn't but we learned it yeah smiling faces I can see but not for me. Do you, have you guys recorded anything, you know, together to, you know, for sale online or, or no. anything? No. no, we keep threatening to. <laughs> we had a short-lived band called Seneca Rocks with a couple of the alumni from the Johnson Mountain Boy days. Yeah, it was like the Johnson Mountain Boys and one very lucky girl. One, one, one very pretty Johnson Mountain Boy. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> That's go. That's the way I look at there it. There you go, yeah. And uh, and we did that for a couple of years, and we really enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, it just, it, it, the, the seldom seen schedule is, we're really busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have really been busy, oh, probably for the last... Ten years, yeah. with mm-hmm. the exception of COVID, right? You know? Right. Oh yeah, and you guys do some. Um, uh, most of our podcast people right now are in our area, so they're familiar with the Birchmere. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm reading that book about the the, the late owner and I oh, guess yeah. founder of Gary, it, and, Gary Olsey. Yeah, and uh, you know, and seldom seen. Uh, you know, the earlier iteration, and I guess in you know the modern one we with really you put in the it. Birchmere on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the early days, the the Birchmere was basically a, a, a like a place to go get lunch. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, I, I I don't know this to be a fact because I wasn't there that that early, but the uh, the Birchmere became a music club when the seldom scene moved from the Red Fox Inn in Bethesda over to the Birchmere. Yeah, and uh, the and, early and it's in every week Alexandria, Virginia. Mm-hmm. All of, it's it's one it's on its third location now, but all of them were in that general area. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, off of Mount Vernon, kind of yeah. right. Yeah, it's it it's it's and we still play there. We don't yeah. play there every week anymore, and they have a lot of different kinds of music, oh, different, yeah. different genres. But uh, yeah, the seldom seen was kind of instrumental in, in building that building that club back in the early days. Yeah, yeah. Here's what's coming up on Boomer Randomness. Listen for part two of my conversation with Dudley Connell and Sally Love Connell, retirees with ongoing music passions. They'll dive into more detail about how they merged their interests and passions into their jobs and their music ambitions. Remember, I upload new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. Thanks for checking them out and tell your friends. Learn more about Boomer Life and sign up for episode updates at BoomerRandomness.com. And check us out on the Boomer Randomness Facebook. Okay, Boomer, thanks for listening. And tell everyone you know about Boomer Randomness.